0: A man is sitting at a stoplight, and he witnesses a terrible accident. He sees another man walking across the street, and a car's coming the other way. The car that's coming the other way runs the red light, hits the man, and takes off. So it's a hit and run. Well, the man's sitting at the stoplight. Of course, he jumps out of his car, and he goes to the aid of this pedestrian who's now laying in the street. He immediately takes out his phone and calls 911. The operator on the other end says, 911, what's your emergency? The man says, I just witnessed a man get hit by a car in a hit and run. He said, I need an ambulance. The operator says, Okay, what's your location? The man says, I'm on Eucalyptus Street. The operator says, Can you spell that for me, sir? And the line went silent. Finally, the operator said, Sir, are you still there? The man says, Yes, I am. But I don't know how to spell eucalyptus, so I'm going to drag him over to Pine Street and I'll call you right back. <laughs> well, there you go. I even got a clap for that one. Yes. Now, you may be asking, now, what does that have to do with today's message? And I'll just tell you this, absolutely nothing. That's a bonus for you. You know, it's kind of like getting, hearing my jokes are kind of like getting a bonus at work. It's exciting. You should have that same feeling after you hear my jokes. If you don't, I'd... Question where you're at with the Lord. But anyway, (laughs) well, we're on our second week of our series uh, based on the book of Ephesians that we're calling Adulting. Two weeks ago, we discussed the first 14 verses of Ephesians chapter one. We learned why God created us. We learned that God did not create us for enjoyment and self-satisfaction like so many of us believe, but rather he created us to glorify him in all that we do. And when we do that, Everything in our life begins to come into balance, and we will find the true fulfillment in life that we are looking for. If you miss that message, make sure you go back and listen to that, because today we're going to continue that thought, the thought of God creating us. So if you have your Bible or Bible app, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read, starting at verse 1, and we're going to read the first 10 verses of chapter 2 here today if you don't have a Bible you can follow along on the screens if you need a Bible We have them for available for you at the hub. They're free We have them in both English and Spanish just stop by there after service and tell them that you need a Bible So here we go Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 it says once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. That's not the message today, but boy, that would preach right there. Verse 3, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature, but our very nature, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united in Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Now here we go, verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I'm calling this message God's masterpiece. Father, for the next few moments I ask that you would give me the mind of Christ That you would give me your anointing to preach this message, to communicate this message, God, the best I can. Lord, if you don't anoint these words, these words will fall flat. But God, if you anoint them, they will change lives. And I believe, God, that this message today is kind of the core of, of who we are. And so, Lord, I just pray that every spiritual eye and ear would be opened for the next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Here in the second chapter of Ephesians, Paul says that, that we, you and I, are God's masterpiece. Now, have you ever thought of yourself as a masterpiece? I bet if I would walk around this room and I would ask each and every one of you in confidence, if you felt like you were a masterpiece, your answer to me would be no. You see, for many of us, when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we don't see a masterpiece. Instead, we look in the mirror and we see our many faults. We see our shortcomings. We see our failures. When we look in that mirror, we see anything but a masterpiece. A recent study done on young girls reported that 75% of girls that have a low view of themselves reported engaging in negative activity like cutting, bullying, smoking, drinking, disordered eating, to name a few. In an article published by the Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse, they found that those who have a negative view of themselves of are four times more likely to take part in activities that they'll end up regretting later. Basically, what they found is the less you think of yourself, the worse decisions you're more than likely to make. Now, think about that for just a moment. Parents, if you have children that are making bad life decisions, more than likely, not all of the time, but most of the time, the root cause of that is due to the fact that they have a low self-image of themselves. They don't see themselves as valuable. If you are trapped in a cycle of bad life decisions, if we got down to the root, I bet we would find it's because you don't see any value when you look in the mirror. You feel like you're worthless. And if that's you, I want you to listen to me very carefully today because I believe that God has a message just for you. Of all the kids that come in on Wednesday nights, the ones that act out the most, and dear Lord, we had a lot of that this last Wednesday night. Thank you to all of our leaders and our volunteers on Wednesday nights, especially our youth leaders. Can we clap for our youth leaders? Boy, I'm not going to tell you what happened, but we had some stuff this, <laughs> this Wednesday night. This Wednesday night, we also had 200 and, uh, 239 was our attendance, which is our biggest Wednesday night to date. So, man, that thing just keeps growing. But of these kids that act out the most, if you dig deep down into the root, you will find that most of the time they are hurting. They have a very low image, low self-image of themselves. And understanding this truth has helped me to deal with issues more in love rather than in anger. Because I've come to understand that hurting people hurt people. And I have found that when somebody lashes out at me, they say hurtful words to me, or whatever it might be. If you dig down to the root, it's because they themselves are hurting, and more often than not, they have a very low self-image. Hurting people will hurt people. And when someone mistreats us, our initial reaction, at least it is for me, you have to train yourself, is usually anger. But when you understand this element, it helps you view the person that's lashing out at you differently, and you are better able to respond to them in love rather than in anger. Hurting people hurt people. From the very beginning of time, one of the primary weapons of Satan has been to attack us on the level of how we view ourselves. I personally, personally believe this is the biggest weapon in his arsenal. This is like his nuclear bomb, so to speak. Multiple studies have found that a low view of oneself is closely related to feelings of hopelessness, depression, and suicidal thoughts. And this is true for all ages. As a matter of fact, the older you get, the greater the struggle this can become. Because for many of us, we tie our value, we tie our self-worth into what we can do. If our self-worth is tied into our career, and we're no longer physically able to do what we used to do, we can begin to think less of ourselves. And the older you get, the more loss in life you will experience, and therefore the more likely you are to struggle with this. You'll experience loss of health, loss of mobility, loss of loved ones, loss of independence. And if we have attached our self-worth to these items and we can no longer do it, we will feel like we're no longer of any value to anybody. Depression and even suicidal thoughts most likely always follow. I've talked to many of our precious seniors that have asked me these hard questions. They have believed the lie that because of their age, they're no longer of any value because they simply cannot do what they used to do. But the reality is, you are God's masterpiece. They are God's masterpiece. Now, for many of us, when we think of a masterpiece, we think of things like the famous Sistine Chapel It took Michelangelo four years to paint this amazing piece of art. When he painted the ceiling, he did so on scaffolding, standing with his neck bent back for hours and days on end. The story is told of a man that visited him while he was painting. And he returned several days later and it looked like no progress had been made. So he asked Michelangelo, why haven't you been working on the painting? Michelangelo replied, what do you mean? I've been working on it day and night. I worked, see that guy up there? I worked on his finger all day yesterday. This guy over here, I worked on the lobe of his ear and the wrinkle of his face most of today. And that's what it takes to make a masterpiece. A lot of care goes into making a masterpiece. A masterpiece is not just something that was thrown together. It's just a mess. Everything is thought out. Everything is planned. Look at Psalm chapter 139 and verse 13. Here is what it says. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Are your thoughts about me, oh God, they cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. You are God's masterpiece. You might not think you have any value, but here we see that God's thoughts of you outnumber the grains of sand on the planet Think about that for just a moment. The grains of sand. Look at this picture of the Sahara Desert. God's thoughts of you outnumber the grains of sand in that photo. Now, the Sahara Desert is 3.6 million square miles. That picture is just a snapshot. But add to that every ocean shoreline. Add to that every grain of sand under the water. And the thoughts that God has of you outnumbers all of that. Why? Because you are his masterpiece. It's estimated that as adults, our bodies contain 16 trillion cells that have been all carefully organized to perform life's various functions in perfect harmony. It's said that our nose can recognize 10,000 different aromas. I mean, wouldn't a hundred have been enough? Not when you're creating a masterpiece. Our tongue has 6,000 taste buds. Our brain contains 10 billion nerve cells. Each nerve cell is connected to as many as 10,000 other nerve cells throughout the body. Our body has so many blood vessels in it that the combined length would circle the planet two and a half times. That's every one of us. Not only that, but God has custom designed us with our own DNA blueprint, which is contained within every single cell within our body. And it's estimated that if the individual blueprint were written out in a book, it would require 200,000 pages. And rest assured, God knows every word on every page, because you are His masterpiece. Then we look at the human brain. We have the capacity to store millions of bits of information. We have the ability to keep them in order and to recall them when needed. According to Think Magazine, the brain can store enough data to fill several million books. The Word of God says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. It says we are wonderfully complex. It says that we are God's masterpiece. But we don't believe it. When we look in the mirror... We don't see a masterpiece. You may remember hearing the the struggles of Michael Phelps, one of the greatest swimmers in Olympic history. Now, we look at Michael Phelps and we see a champion, but he didn't see himself that way. And because of this, this great Olympian struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts. And it all came to a head after the 2012 Olympics when he came home with less medals than he thought he was going to come home with. So he sat alone in his bedroom for days, not eating, barely sleeping, and he wanted to end his life. You see, that's the danger of attaching our identity and our self-worth into what we can do. There is a great truth here that God wants each of us to understand, and the Apostle Paul talks about it here in the second chapter of Ephesians. Paul starts this chapter off by first grounding us in the truth that salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul says nobody can take credit for salvation. Salvation is a gift from God. We don't deserve it. It's God's grace. Let me paint a word picture here to help you understand what grace means. Let's just say you have a teenage child. God bless you and they ask to borrow the car. You say no, you go to bed. About midnight, there's a knock on the door, and it's the police bringing your child home because they'd taken your car anyway and wrecked it. Now, in my home, that'd be a death sentence. We'd be watching for the lights of the patrol car to head down the street, and as soon as they were out of sight, we'd be talking about where we're hiding the body. (laughs) Just kidding, I might need to edit the tape on that. But you would be angry at your child. They disobeyed you. But in this case, instead of punishing them, you head back to bed. Now, we're talking about grace, but that's an example of mercy. What they deserved, which was punishment, they did not get. The next morning you get up, they get up, and instead of holding a grudge and dragging them through the mud for the sin that they had done, You instead treat them as if they'd done nothing wrong, and that's grace. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 25 says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, God speaking, and I will not remember your sins. That is grace. Grace. We don't deserve it. But when we accept the price that Jesus paid for our sin through faith, God gives us grace. And it's right after this, right after Paul tells us this, he writes the words, you are his masterpiece. You see, as God's masterpiece, we have value. We have Worth we have significance and here's the thing your worth to God is not based on what you can do It's based on the fact that he created you You are his workmanship you are his masterpiece your value is based on the hands that created you For instance, I have a football up here Now if I would throw this football where's Caleb at? Go ahead, stand up, Caleb. I'm going to throw this pass to you. Now, If you if you, you got to catch this because I don't want to bop anybody in the head over there. If you miss, Jared will catch it. Okay? So here we go. Oh, it was almost intercepted. Oh, look at that. Almost picked me up. You just keep that, Caleb. I would have you throw it back, but uh, there might be Packers watching. They'd see my athletic ability up here catching footballs. They'd try to recruit me. It'd be a big mess, and I just don't want to deal with any of that stuff right now. So you just keep that football. But that football I just threw to him is not worth much. He's not going to go post that on eBay and try to get $100,000 for it later because it was thrown by Pastor Matt. He'll be like, who in the world in the world is this guy on? You know, he's trying to sell this for 100000 It's not worth anything. But now if Aaron Rodgers would have came in and thrown that same football, not only would have been intercepted, but he'd probably been running out the door with it. And if he would sign it, it becomes even more valuable. This past NFL season, Tom Brady threw his 600th touchdown pass. I know Tom Brady. First player in NFL history to ever do so. And by the way, he did it against the Chicago Bears. I just thought I would throw that in there. You know, it's always a great day when touchdowns are scored on the Chicago Bears. Things you say under the anointing. I was going to put a picture of Tom Brady on the screen, but I thought you might start chucking tomatoes at me. And we need those for our pantry. Well, anyway, Mike, Mike Evans caught the pass from Tom Brady, but the thing was, and, and you might remember this, right after he caught the pass, he, he gave the football to a fan up in the stands. This is kind of a big deal. They had to beg the fan to give the ball back, and he gave it back, and Tom Brady gave the guy a Bitcoin for giving it back to him. They say that football is worth about $1 million. Before the game, it's only worth a few bucks. But once Tom Brady touched it and threw that pass, the value of that ball rose significantly because it's one of a kind. And this is the same that's true for you and I. Our value is based on, on who's by hands who which we were made. For the same hands that created you also created the majesty of the mountains. The same hands created the oceans. The same hands created the heavens and the planets and the stars. The same hands created the birds of the air and the beasts of the ground. The same hands created the flowers and the trees and the cool breeze you feel on a hot summer's day. The same hands that created you, created all of that, but of all of God's creation, he looks at you and says, you are my masterpiece. And somebody needed to hear that this morning. Of everything he created, he looks at you and says, you are my masterpiece. My thoughts of you are greater than the sands upon the earth because you are my masterpiece. Not only that, but when God created you, he decided that he would never make another you. There will never be another person created with your fingerprint. Your footprint is one of a kind. There'll never be another person with your footprint. There'll never be another person with the same dental plate as you. There will never be another person with your DNA All of those things are unique to you, and God says there might be a billions and billions and billions of people on the world, but none of them are like you. You are my masterpiece. People can try to imitate you. They can try to copy you. They can try to dress like you, and they can try to act like you, but the truth is they will never be you, because when God created you, he created a masterpiece. He made something that was one of a kind. He made something that could never be duplicated. But even after saying all of that, some of you in here today, some of you watching online, you still do not believe that about yourself. You look at someone else and you say, they might be a masterpiece, but not me. But that's why Paul doesn't stop there. Let's read verse 10 again. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. Now watch what he says after this. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He continues by saying that God has created us anew, brand new, in Christ Jesus. You see, here's the thing. Even though we are told that we are a masterpiece and we are told of our value to God, we don't believe it because of this thing called sin, You see, sin comes into our life, and sin distorts, and it corrupts, and it skews the image that you have of yourself. You see, we feel like we've done too many bad things to ever be accepted by God. I've had people jokingly tell me that they don't want to come to church because they're afraid they might catch on fire. They say, oh, if you've just known what I have done, pastor, and they stay out of the house of God because they think they're not good enough. Because of sin, they have this image of themselves that has become distorted. Because when they look in the mirror, they see the mistakes, they see the sin. It kind of reminds me of this movie clip. God creates the masterpiece, and then along comes sin and, destroy, and it dis- distorts the masterpiece. Take a look at this. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Ugh. Gentlemen, with the system we put in here, nothing will touch that painting short of an earthquake that brings down the whole gallery. Ugh. I love Mr. Bean. But that's what sin does. Sin distorts the masterpiece. I'm not good enough, people say. Well, guess what? None of us are good enough. I am not good enough. But it's the grace of God. We don't deserve it. Remember the example of the kid wrecking the car? It's called grace. But listen to me, and this is what God wants you to understand, even though the original masterpiece has been damaged, even though the original artwork has been damaged, the creator of the artwork, the original painter has the ability to put the masterpiece back together. The creator of the masterpiece has the ability to restore it to its original condition. Even though your life is covered with sin, God says, I am able to restore you to your original condition. And this is why Jesus came, so that you and I have the chance to be reborn and recreated into the man or the woman that God has created us to be. See what Paul says in verse 10? This verse is so powerful. This verse can change your life. Paul said, God created us anew in Christ Jesus, so, he uses the word, so, we can do the good things he had planned for us long ago. When God created you, when God created this masterpiece, He created you with a purpose. When He crafted you in your mother's womb, He created you, He crafted you to do something on this earth that no one else would be able to do just like you could. But sin comes in and wrecks the masterpiece that God has created. And this is true for all of us. Every one of us in this room is guilty of allowing sin to distort the masterpiece because every one of us in this room has sinned. But God says, I want to create despite that, I want to create you anew in Christ Jesus. And when I create you anew, when I, the original creator, restore the masterpiece, I will also restore and redeem what I have created you for. I want you to know that God is not done with you yet. I don't care what you have done. I don't care what you have said. When you put yourself into the hands of the master carpenter and you allow him to work, he can fully restore you to be what he had created you to become. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. In Christ we become brand new. You are God's masterpiece. You see, when you believe this, and that's the key. Do you believe it? When you believe who you really are in God's eyes you will never struggle with seeing your self-worth again. Because your self-worth isn't attached to what you can do. It's attached to Him. And when it's attached to Him, and you lose your ability to do what you were doing, whether it be working, whether it be taking care of somebody, could be driving, losing the ability to drive, whatever it is, when you lose the ability to do all of that, and your identity is grounded in Christ, you won't be shaken, because you can take all of that away, and guess what? You are still his masterpiece. I guarantee you, if you struggle with this, if you think of yourself as nothing, it's because you're trying to find yourself worth in the things of this world. How many Instagram or Facebook likes do I have? How many followers on TikTok do I have? It could be anything. And this is where Satan will try to keep your attention. He's going to try to throw all these things at you to keep your focus off of the one truth that changes everything. The truth that you are God's masterpiece. This week, I'm getting ready to close. I want you to remember this truth. When you start to have these feelings of not being worth anything, we, and I, th- I believe we all struggle with this to, a, to an extent, I want you to stop and ask yourself, what is triggering these feelings? Maybe somebody said something to you. If that's the case, remember what God says about you. He says, you are my masterpiece. So if that's what he says, then who cares what anybody else says? Maybe it's something on social media. Maybe another family has their kids at Disneyland smiling ear to ear, and you're here where it's 20 below zero. You're sitting at home struggling to put food on the table for your kids. Remember, your value is not found in that. It's found in him. And he says, you are my masterpiece. I want you to know that you are valuable. You are worth something. It doesn't matter if you're a single parent. It doesn't matter if you've been married for years. It doesn't matter if you struggle with an addiction or if you've always been free from that. It doesn't matter if you have lots of friends or you have none. It doesn't matter how old or how young you might be. The bottom line is, you're a masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Father we just want to thank you for this message I know God it can kind of be a, a difficult subject to talk about as I believe that this is something that we, we all struggle with to a degree some of us more than others and I believe that there's some people in here God today that that are just uh, they're at the end of their rope maybe they came in here and they're discouraged they're depressed they're having those thoughts God that is it all worth it and I believe Holy Spirit right now you're speaking to them You're showing them how valuable they really are. They might not have a whole lot. They might have come into this place with nothing, but those things don't don't show our value to you. We're valuable no matter what the bank account says. We're valuable no matter the size of home we live in. We are your masterpiece. And so, God, we thank you. Thank you, God. Jesus name and I want you to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed you know we talked about that the original painter sin distorts the masterpiece but the original creator has the ability to restore it and I believe that some of you in here need that today you've got a low view of yourself because you don't believe what God says about you It's caused all these issues in your life and you've run from things because you don't see your value. You don't see yourself the way God sees you. And it's because of sin. I've done all this stuff. Pastor, you don't understand. Well, God knows. And he still says, I want to create you brand new. God wants to do that for you today. He wants to set you free. He wants to create you brand new. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, if you say, Pastor, I, you know, I, I need that. I, I need God to restore me. If that's you, then I want to pray with you before you leave this place today. And just so I seek and see who I'm praying for, what I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. No one's looking around. This is just between you and God. I'm going to count to three here in a moment. And if that's you, if you say, Pastor, will you pray with me, I want you to lift your hand into the air because I want to see who I'm praying for today. This is this moment's between you and God right here. doesn't matter if the person sitting next to you raises your hand. This is this between you and God right here. And this is your chance for God to make you brand new. So all over this place, when I get to three, if you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to be made brand new. I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I want to give my life, and I want to to give my life, my entire life, to him. I'm ready to surrender. If that's you, then I want to see your hand on the count of three. Only if you mean business. One, two, three. Right now, just put them up. Put them up. Yes, yes, they're going up all over the place. I see them in the front, the sides, in the back. Thank you, Jesus. Several hands are going up right now. Thank you, God. It's a miracle moment right here, what God is doing in this place. You can put your hands down now. Now, for those of you that just lifted your hands, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a prayer, and I want you to do something very bold. I want you to repeat this out loud after me. Those of you that didn't lift your hand, I encourage you to say this with them to encourage them. But the Word of God says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that He rose from the dead, you will be saved. Right now, we're going to confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. We're going to do it out loud. We're going to do it publicly. So if you just lifted your hand, I want you to say this after me loud and strong. Let's say this together. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I confess that I am a sinner. I have sinned against heaven. I have sinned against you. And today, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me, to make me brand new. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price for my sin on the cross. You are my Lord, my God, and my Savior. In Jesus' name.